Um, all right, let's see. So, welcome everybody to Game Busters. Um, I'm back. I've returned from the grave. Um, we let you back. Yeah, I, if you remember, I was a ghost on the last episode. Um, Your voice is a bit different this time. Yeah, it's a little different. Um, I don't know if it was racist that I, I like, I used the text to speech thing and I like made it like an Indian accent. <laughs> Even though I def, I don't think I have one of those, but um, thought that might be fun. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm back for real this time. Um, we are gonna be doing a kind of a fun special episode today because, um, first of all, it's the morning, and so that's always exciting. And secondly, <laughs> you sound excited. Yeah. As good, I slept on a couch. Um, and so the uh, other thing is that we are going to be talking about uh, just Xbox today. They launched their 20th anniversary celebration yesterday, you may have seen. And I was like, oh, hey, yeah, they've been around for a bit. Let's see what they're up to. So um, we very kindly gathered together this outline. Um, and uh, yeah, we have uh, my brother, Nikhil, is back. He's a in-person guest today. Yes, I've arrived. Yes. And uh, we're sitting at this computer um, and just saying some stuff. That's that's all podcasting is, isn't it? It is, yeah. And like this time, we have a physical studio where two thirds of us are. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're in the studio right now. Re is remoting in. Um, <laughs> the uh, so uh, yeah, let's. So actually, uh, first thing, I really liked how the last episode of the podcast that I was not running was. So I was like, well, I kind of liked the vibe. So hey. the thing is, I have been I have been really trying to get away from like the what are you playing this week question that every single game podcast does. But then like I was listening to this one and I really liked it. And I realized the reason everyone does it is because it's good and it's a good opener. Yeah, I I know it's a bit cliche, but I, I think I had a lot of fun with it. And also, you know, I think people like hearing about the, the games that are, are coming out so. now. They want to know that we're actually like certified capital G gamers yeah, before we, they we listen enjoy to the rest them of this. Sometimes, maybe. Um, so I think uh, at least for this week, we're going to be starting with that, and I'm going to relocate our Dungeon Busters game to our closing segment. Sounds fun. Sounds so, good. Um, okay, so yeah, what what are we playing this week, Re? Why don't you kick us off, get us going? All right, I've still been playing Pokemon Snap. Um, I've been absolutely addicted to it ever since we did that episode on it i just thought i i missed it completely as a kid and i because i always thought well how can you get a whole game out of just taking pictures turns out you very easily can because i haven't been able to put it down i am um, i went to london during the week and i played it the whole way there played it the whole way back played it all the time at home um i believe love pokemon snap i fucking hate how they rate the, the the pictures in that game though i swear to god i'll get like some really beautiful shots and i'll be like ah it's bad because you haven't got like a magic arp in the background you know like i, I think one i think one issue that i think one of one small issue that i have is that the rating system doesn't have as much character as it used to do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it's very boring now yeah because like professor oak used to just fucking shit all over you <laughs> did he um, <laughs> Well, it just like, mm. well, he not all really. to say, you were close. Yeah, he had and all these like iconic the catchphrases, like so close. Bye. <laughs> like, um, this this professor is yeah, much. This professor's got nothing on Oak. Yeah, he's much much more uh, mild mannered, I guess. I actually but... don't like any of the other characters. It has to be said, like yeah, not... yeah. Phil and the professor are terrible, and the girl, she's she's like whatever. Yeah. She's boring and then, as hell. I, I, like, I, I mean, Todd's cool because he's he's still yeah, Todd's he's, an OG. He's, He's like one of the uh, one of the OGs. Um, okay, neat. Yeah, like um, 
I really need to get back, back into that, but I've been playing too many other things. I just had to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla's first DLC, Wrath of the Druids, for review, so that consumed like four days. Um, How's that going? I've, I've heard really good things about that. It's good. Do you like Ireland? I, I very much enjoy Ireland, as it happens. All right. All right, get over there. The... Um, no, it's yeah, it's good. It's literally just more of the base game, but like in Ireland now, which is like, I think what some people wanted, I personally would have wanted something like the last two games DLCs like, so in the Curse of the Pharaohs or whatever for the for Origins, like you would, it was like a gauntlet of like fighting Egyptian gods, which is like really cool. And then like the fate of Atlantis was like going to like a whole other world, which was like actually like, a, like Olympus. And like, oh, wow. you know, then than like fighting like Cyclops and like Cerberus and all that shit. And this one is like you just go to regular Ireland. <laughs> um, the thing is, I've, um, I've heard from uh, certified Irish people that they actually do quite a good job of um, like, I guess, displaying the the history and the mythology there. And it's, it's a really underused setting. I can't believe it hasn't been used in a video game before. Yeah, it's being used in Elden Ring right now. Hey, I speak. It's a year of the Irish, I I'm guess. I'm sure um yeah and it's it's a good it's good i i gave it an eight i really i enjoyed it because i really enjoyed the base game a lot if you like really were like kind of on the base game and you're like there's too much of the same junk in here there's just more of the same junk like um it reminds me of the breath of the wild dlc it's like exactly like that like it is already the game's already great and it's just like literally adding more of the exact same thing onto it um but yeah that's that's been pretty good um and then i like uh was i'm playing near replicant still i'm only 25 hours in. i'm still on playthrough a um I'm moving very slowly um and uh jumping uh mostly between that and assassin's creed right now um i've not been able to put much time into pokemon snap unfortunately but Sad. i will get there uh nikhil what are you doing um was mostly still doing some pokemon snapping um taking some photos and then uh did some stardew valley this week to try it out again um and it's got a good farm going got a couple of different crops that i need to water but um yeah i kind of like the uh way they do the time in that game where you don't have to wait a full day to have a full day so you can like get multiple days in if you just play for like an hour um and stuff actually happens over a couple of days so i've been messing around on that um yeah i think that's mainly it see that was pleasant that was. Oh, I do just want to give a shout out to my, my Dragon Age Origins save that I accidentally maybe killed with mods. That was what I was doing last night. That's um, exciting. Yeah, don't keep adding mods to your game when you're like 30 hours in. Um, I've learned in that contrast, now. you should keep adding mods to the game <laughs> and see how long it can live. The uh, Also, Rhi, I wanted to say, I wanted to address this. I, since you joined... Now, I've been like clicking on these links. Uh, since you joined the, the gamer... Um, I've, I've been seeing like almost exclusively Dragon Age and Final Fantasy X related content being posted from that website. But every time I click on it, it wasn't written by you. What are you doing to the people there? See, funny enough, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I'm having an influence because like it just so happens that I, I joined the editorial team and like there's, there's probably like 10 people on this planet that enjoyed Dragon Age 2. 
and like mm-hmm. three of them are in the gamers editorial wow. team. That's a, that's, that's, a good, ratio. that's a good ratio. Yeah. I found my people. Um, but also I did an article like completely simping Dragon Age Origins and then I know one of them replayed it afterwards and is now playing through the whole series. Um, one of the people in the editorial team is also like the biggest Final Fantasy nerd I've like ever met in my life. It's I've just I accidentally stumbled into fellow intellectuals, uh, people that will allow me to just die on hills for the, the dumbest takes. I mean that you know you, you pointed out the whole you know Final Fantasy and Dragon Age uh, focus of of the content there. Uh, that's by far not the worst thing I've, I've published. I did also do an, an article uh, simping uh, Caden and Mass Effect this week. I'm not sure if I'm proud yeah, of that or I not. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, if don't click on it. <laughs> All right. Don't read uh, some anti-advertising. Yeah, I definitely here. won't. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into our, our main segment, Bustums. So, Ree, there's two ways we can do this. Um, the first way is that you, who has prepared this outline, can kind of guide us through this and like basically like host our, our way through this, or me, who has not looked at this at all can try and do that instead and maybe that would be funny see i was at one point intending you to read it out but then i realized that towards the end i started adding a lot of i statements which you know you just have to pretend to be me for the whole podcast if that was the case i can and, do i can do that yeah i don't want to hear your british accent for an hour it's me uh, it's authentic it's authentic isn't it though um oh fuck that is just me god are we getting an yeah. echo <laughs> the echoes are back. Um, um, it's my that, that and that was my impression of Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones. It's oh man, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, I don't know. We can we can run through some of this and um, let's see here. How does this start? As we entered fair. the new millennium, the face of the gaming industry had changed beyond recognition. This is very like it's like a movie trailer or yeah. something. It was intense. <laughs> In a world where only two consoles remained. Um, I'm happy to do it, though, if you're going to be doing the dungeon thing later, so... Yeah, sure. Why don't you you take us through it? Okay. I'll actually co-host once. (laughs) Okay, so... As we entered the new millennium, the face of the gaming industry had changed beyond recognition. Sega was tapping out of the console market, Sony was taking its place as the cool kids console, and Nintendo had begun the trend it would continue to this day and do whatever it wants. That is true. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah, I think this was the uh, this generation with Nintendo was this was the GameCube right that came out against the Xbox and PS uh, no, that was PS2, sorry, against yeah, the Xbox and PS2, right? The funky lo- looking lunchbox it released, right. yeah. So this was N64, so this was very much a Nintendo doing whatever it wants. The, weirdly, the GameCube, which was a cube, <laughs> was the one time Nintendo tried to chase trends, basically. Meaning, like, they made the most powerful console that generation. And then, like, it like didn't sell very well. <laughs> See, um, I actually think the Xbox was apparently, according to Wikipedia, which is obviously completely trustworthy, the Xbox was more powerful than the GameCube. Um, really? But it just, yeah. <laughs> but what, I, the I GameCube feel like I'd was, always read the... The GameCube was powerful, hmm. though. Yeah. I'm just going to check. Hold on. <laughs> fact check me as I read this out. Xbox. Yes. We're going to fact check it. Um, well, Xbox is the most powerful. Leaving in, the game in the dust. Oh wow! But the game, but the GameCube was a lot more powerful than the PS2, basically. But the Xbox was more powerful than both of those. Okay, good to know. So, so Alex, you're gonna run Halo One. Yeah. 
So Sony had shaken the industry of the launch of the original PlayStation and was going to do the same with the PlayStation 2. However, it wasn't just stepping on Sega's toes anymore. The fact that it could play music and DVDs meant it was aiming to take over the whole li- living room. And this is when Microsoft started getting worried, as obviously at mm. this point they'd just been focused on PCs. Their defense strategy was to throw their hat into the ring, giving us the original Xbox in 2001. Despite being the most... Um, I think I put the most popular of its competitors. I meant powerful. <laughs> I mean the most powerful of its competitors. It definitely wasn't the most popular. Uh-huh. It was dominated by the PS2 and didn't even make a profit due to how expensive it was to make. Now, I was shocked to read that. Like, they, they, now, they did not make now, a what, profit. One thing that's interesting from an interview last week with someone oh, at Microsoft yeah, that... They they actually said that they've never sold a they've every single one of their consoles since the very beginning has been sold at a loss. See, um, I thought that was just the Xbox One they were referring to, but is that? I, I, I'm pretty sure they said it was every single console they've ever done was sold at a loss. See, I think that might be a stretch for the 360. They must have made a bloody profit there because they. Oh no 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 no! It wasn't a profit. Meaning, so selling at a oh, loss yeah. just means oh, that like they're selling mean. the console for less than it took to than it cost to produce it. Oh. Oh, I get what you mean. Yeah. So the yeah. problem with the original Xbox is that they even I think even when you like account for software sales, the profit wasn't as it was, you know, in the article I read, it wasn't steady. So I guess yeah. profits were made, it just wasn't consistent, which was obviously yeah. a big problem. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean the strategy is its strategy is not new. Like the Nintendo Switch also sells at a loss. Like it, it costs uh, more than three hundred dollars to produce one of those. Yeah. Um, but then like you know it's four years later and or sorry eight years later and Donkey Kong Country still costs sixty dollars. So there you go. <laughs> but yeah, despite issues with the original Xbox, um, it set up a lot of what would be the blueprint for the rest of the Xboxes to this day. It went all in on online play, launching the first online multiplayer subscription with Xbox Live a year after the console's launch. This proved popular in the early days due to the iconic Halo making its debut. Now, I've never actually played Halo, <laughs> but I, it must oh, be bloody good if it, you know, spearheaded Microsoft's entire yeah, strategy. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, hey, it's good. You can um, drive around in the, the Ghost and the Banshees. Yeah, those are people. fun. So, as far as the um, getting like the the online multiplayer Xbox Live Gold. Thing, whatever or xbox live is what they called it originally just um launched like with the with that and it was free was the main thing now playstation 3 was the one where sony was the first one to pull the trigger on paying for online access oh, so and then yeah know. and then halo and not halo microsoft <laughs> mr my mr halo man <laughs> pulled the trigger on 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 their end and they uh, they started charging for Xbox Live and rebranded it to Xbox Live Gold, which is the one that they have now, where you have to pay for online access as well. And then, of course, Nintendo followed like two generations later. But um, it's yeah, it's weird um, because like I don't think that like I did so didn't um am I am I remembering like the Xbox the original Xbox had like an online thing right did it yeah it did yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I didn't have Wi-Fi. Didn't have Wi-Fi. It was Ethernet. Yeah, Yeah. but hang on. Who was so? I read that it did have Xbox Live on it. A year after launch, they added Xbox Live to it. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, so like, the Xbox Live thing was like, 
And then they tried to incorporate Xbox Live onto PC with their like games for Windows nonsense, and it ruined everybody's playthrough of Fallout Three. Um, uh, so the um, by the way, this is a PSA. If you want to play Fallout Three on PC, you need to get it from the GOG store, not from Steam, because the one from Steam uses Games for Windows Live, a now defunct DRM service. Nice. And you have to you have to actually go into the file editor and like change a couple of lines of code to get it to run from steam so uh just get it from gog basically the version they're selling they've already done that on their end which is nice of them um except i don't know um hmm. cd project red owns gog so i don't know if i want to encourage uh that behavior (laughs) that behavior there is no ethical consumption in the gaming industry (laughs) no ethical consumption in gaming (laughs) that's true you could um, not be a good gamer. We're we're all bad gamers. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. The um. So I think Halo was a launch title, right, for the first one. Yep, it was. Um, and I'm just looking up at that now. And the Xbox Network service uh, became available to free service, known as Xbox Live Free, in 2002. Bloody hell, that's a long time ago. 2002. What was going on? Was that was Shrek out yet? Or was that when he was just arriving? <laughs> I think that was pre-Shrek. Yeah, I think Shrek was 04, right? No, that can't be right. Maybe that's too late. Is this when, I'm going to type into Google, when Shrek. was Shrek? When was Shrek? When was Shrek? 2001. Oh, so this is a post-Shrek world, yeah. Okay, so we're but in we... the early stages of post-Shrek, and to capitalize yeah. on that. The world um, has just been changed yeah. for the better. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't... I, my like experience with original Xbox came from backwards compatibility with 360, but you know it's it just amazes me like how much even though like this console was not a success, at least in terms of like I guess um, commercially, it it just spearheaded so much of what Microsoft would. It had be. a. So I don't know if you remember like the marketing for the original Xbox, but like it was just like. It was very, I guess, it was very edgy. It was very like a teen punk 2001 vibe. I really um, remember in my like three-year-old mind. I don't know how hard the marketing went over in the UK. Like in in America, it was like very, very like in your face in a lot of places. And they had a like it. It was like it was very MTV. I think is the vibe that they yeah, were trying to give off. Definitely. Um, and yeah, so we had an OG Xbox. Even um, Fusion Frenzy was very like punk. Yeah, it was. So Fusion Frenzy was the one I was going to mention, which is like still a super fun, super cool game. It's like Mario Party for non children. <laughs> yeah, but like it also didn't. It was just mini games though. It didn't have yeah, like a board game games. part. Um, have you have you seen that at all, Re? No, I haven't. Please, please F- tell me. It was like a huge deal on the OG Xbox. Like people would like come over to our house and like play Fusion Frenzy, uh, which is. Like, I mean, everyone remembers the sumo game. I think if you're listening, you remember that one yeah. <laughs> where you're in the like balls and hitting each other off, which again is just another Mario Party game I'm remembering. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, you were just like some some cool hip teens basically and like riding your skateboards and you had like green mohawks or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, um, so that was a fun one. And we did have we had Halo 2, uh, which we played a, a good bit of. So me personally, my... I have a lot of experience with Halo 1 because when I was in high school, our marching band, like our, our, our band uh, room had a computer lab 
like attached to it for some reason that no one ever used. Um, but it had a computer lab with like 16 computers in there. And I don't know who it was like somebody like long before our time there. This was like, I guess like 2000, like seven, eight, I guess. So somebody long ago had installed Halo one onto all of these computers and set up like a LAN connection between all of them. What a champ. So like, what a king. What a king or queen. I don't know who did it, but the, um, so like, it was just a thing like on, on Fridays, like before band competitions, um, we would like all like gather up in the lab and the computer lab there and just play like 16 player, like Halo just against each other on like, you know, different maps and just mess around. And it was extremely fun. We did that like a lot in high school. Um, that, so I highly recommend that exact experience. <laughs> break into your high school set up a line connection yeah. between the the computers and placing classic halo i respect that um, i like i always like the culture around halo it seems like somewhat wholesome at least compared to like call of duty i i 100 yeah. agree it, it's a definitely one and the fans of that franchise are like so so like um i don't know i feel like they they, they feel very strongly about things you know but what? like they're also not like rude about it to the mo- for the most part. From what I've seen, it's like at least with, like the guys that are really into Halo, it's like an example of like uh, positive masculinity. You know, like I love those fucking videos on YouTube where it's like them doing the the Halo theme in like the locker room. Have you seen that one? Um, I don't think so. Oh wait, no. I, I I'm like... sorry. I'm I just I'm only I'm thinking of like the dance, the Master Chief thing with like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah. like the arms. That's not it, though. No, it's it's fifty high schoolers in the in the dude's locker locker room just oh humming. singing the Halo song. No, I remember yeah, that. Like, oh, like, that's one so of them good. even has it's like the drums good. and it's like doing the drum bit, and it's just it's so cool. I love that. I love that they came together Very. to create that. That's that's a hundred percent believable, though. Is the thing like that that could just happen? <laughs> um, and that, this that's just one of those franchises. So yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably get into to what halo did for the uh, for the xbox launch but yeah we can we can keep rolling all right yeah let's, let's keep rolling i was just about to say like what oh, is yeah. it what is it about the the ps2 that just did better because at first i thought oh i missed out on it it, i missed out because like oh it's just before my time but then i remembered that i'm trying I, to recall i, I did the p i, I played the ps2 like- for like god i had i had that for years and that's was probably my most played console as a kid so, so one thing I'd want to check is the sales of the uh, Xbox and the PS2 in uh, the West versus in Japan. I know that um, the original Xbox did really bad in Japan. It just like for some I mean, reason the, mar- well, the marketing that trend just... would continue through to 2021. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apparently the the marketing was just really off over there. They just didn't understand wanna, the market. I, I want to remind everyone of that fateful fateful November in 2018 where Xbox sold one unit in the entire nation of Japan for that month. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Rip. Um but oh yeah, ju- that that just to say that like Xbox has never understood the Japanese market, which is why Phil Spencer is like so gung ho about acquiring a Japanese studio. Like he like has been he's made it his mission for the last five years. And I mean like Tango Gameworks is a Japanese studio, so they finally have one. Um which is like, you know, a pretty big in Shinji Mikami, nonetheless, the creator of Resident Evil is under his thumb. So that, that's a big that's a big one. Is, um, yeah. But um the uh what was I going to say? I would like to see numbers on like how the Xbox did in America versus um, how it did like versus the PS2 in Japan, because 
I feel like when I was a kid, I remember seeing a lot more like of the OG Xbox out in the wild than the PS2. Oh, really? Uh, remember that? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people had the Xbox. Yeah, it was like very popular here. And I mean, we were what in like elementary school or something at that time, right? Yeah, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. School, yeah. Um, and like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I it's strange because also seeing just to the next generation seeing that the ps3 like won that generation worldwide is like completely insane to us in america because the the 360 destroyed the ps3 in within the united states yeah absolutely i mean especially like in i think it's just in terms of like audience perception as well the 360 just was the yeah world. like yeah. oh my god their marketing was like so on point everybody had a 360 like it and just i think the name too like that was like it's weird because Xbox has just done the worst other names outside of it. But like the <laughs> Xbox 360 was like just yeah. such a easy name. Like everyone calling it the 360, like everyone, I don't know. It just really caught on like that. And do you, can I, can I tell a quick story about this? I have to, this is the funniest thing I've heard. I think ever is that um, the reason that they came up with the name Xbox one um, is because the marketing team was like everybody is calling our console the 360. Oh, no. If we name our next console Xbox oh, One, no. everybody will call it the One. Oh, that's and then, so bad. And, and that would be, and that would the chosen one. That the they chosen they console. said the One would communicate the universal nature. We want it to do everything for you. Everything entertainment wise is going to be the One. Holy and that, shit! And then, <laughs> and then they just sent out the X Bone instead. <laughs> That was not focus group at all. I think if they go to a console name, they should focus group that with like a Call of Duty server so they, they know what sort of reception they're going to get because that's going to yeah, dictate what their console's going to be called. Everyone, yeah, everyone, the, thought it would be the everyone thought it would be Xbox 720, which would have been fun. Yeah. Um, And then uh, wasn't the, yeah, the the Wii, I, sorry, I just remembered the Wii in development was actually called The Revolution, <laughs> which also is kind of a fun uh, 360 yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah kind of a nod a rotating um yeah so let's see here um yeah i don't know like i loved the og xbox we had that we played a lot of halo 2 oh we played a lot of harry potter quidditch we played a lot of the quidditch world cup yeah. it's not a good game um we played a lot of it though and then what else did we play with spy versus spy you remember that's, that a, one? that's a legendary that's game. a legendary that's probably the best one um shadow the hedgehog we did have there which obviously changed my life oh um, God, no yeah i had that on ps2 what a game um and then what was the other ones we had? Because um, oh, you remember the Godzilla game? The oh, Godzilla yeah. destroy just all monsters game. melee. It was so much fun. Like because yeah. it was just like you were two Godzilla monsters in a fully destructible city. They had like city. forty characters in there too. Yeah, it was like it was, it was a great game. Um, I'm trying to think if we had anything else. Really, I feel like I feel like most of the time on that was probably just like Halo Two versus or Fusion at, Frenzy yeah. and Fusion Frenzy. Yeah, but. Anyway, yeah, we we had one and it was it was fun. It, it had some good stuff and people would like you know come over and play it and stuff. Like, I don't know. We never like, I never really like. I mean, as a child, obviously, I wasn't thinking like, what are the exclusives I can only find here? You know. So like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I never really tapped into like their their larger catalog of like their exclusive games, but like Morrowind. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think- did not get into Todd Howard's masterpiece. I think like back then, like as I mean, as a kid, you sort of just lived and died like by the reputation. And I think in the UK, like the PS2 was the one to have. I'm looking at it now, and it seems like largely like it just took off way better here. Um, I'm not sure why. <laughs> I can remember like the first time I played a PS2 was there was at these like play centers for kids, 
uh, they had these climbing frames for the older kids and then like a whole bunch of consoles for the older kids. And even though I was like four years old, I would like go to the consoles and just play Crash Bandicoot for like two hours. <laughs> well, um, sure. And I think there was just a lot of that in the UK. So it just sort of took <laughs> off like that. And I remember there was a massive yeah. shortage over here as well. Like we were so lucky. Really? One in the end. Yeah, oh. it was it was huge. I feel like I remember the Xboxes being plentiful here. I don't think there was a shortage on them. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Like, there was just everyone wanted a PS2 over here. <laughs> huh. Yeah, uh, PlayStation's always had a really weirdly loyal fan base in in Europe, um, especially in like Western European countries. Like, I mean, UK, but like you know, most like France, Germany, like you know that that area there. Like, they've had ex- they have extremely loyal PlayStation people there. They really um, have. So yeah, I guess I just contributed that, and also the failure in Japan. I think just contributed to it kind of yeah, just not yeah. taking off but you know i think as we were saying about reputation to sort of close off the bit about xbox um while it may have been a, finan- a failure financially the xbox had completely changed the gaming market um and it succeeded in its goal of sort of scaring sony a bit in just one generation we'd gone from sega versus nintendo to microsoft versus sony it secured itself as one of the big three meaning sony couldn't just sit back and relax and had to take it seriously as a competitor well, Nintendo would just, I guess, continue to do whatever the hell it wanted with the Wii next. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's, it's interesting. They like don't. I mean, it's it's true. It's really true. But like, I mean, Nintendo was never really considered like uh, Sony or Microsoft their competitors. Yeah, like, they're just there. They won the big three, but they're they're just sort of there. Re- I mean, uh, Re- Reggie Fisame specifically has talked about like, oh, like I don't consider like our our like competitors to be like actual competitors, like. The, the more people care about gaming, the better for all of us. Like, the more people get into it, the better we all sell. The better, the more money we all make. That's wholesome. And, like, I mean, yeah, but he... I, don't, I miss Reggie. So do I. God damn. I mean, now I that he's booted out of Game, GameStop, can he come back? <laughs> he's free. Maybe. He's, yeah, he's, he's free now. I, I think that he actually... From what I heard, he actually had a contracted stint with, with GameStop. Like, that was supposed to be a one-year thing. Like, and so that just ended. Like, it was gonna... Oh, okay, um, fair enough. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of getting um, booted out there, so I just assumed he was one of them. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, that I think the pandemic probably didn't help his time there. That's true. Uh, and then also the Wall Street thing. <laughs> that was oh god, that was this year. That's scary. Yeah, that was that was the, oh I forgot. Yeah. God, that was like two months ago too. Oh, Jesus. My lord. Oh man. Okay. Um, so I guess rolling forward, uh, and we're now up to the 360, the big in. So following up was the Xbox 360 towards the end of 2005. The priority here was simple, make it cheap and make it quick. With Sony being the clear winner last time, Microsoft couldn't wait until everyone had already had a PS3. It had to give players the first taste of what next-gen gaming could be. Um, just ignore Nintendo again, <laughs> just for this bit. Yeah, yeah. And it did. Not only was the Xbox 360 much more affordable than other consoles at launch, it almost got it also got a, a full year ahead of the PS3, or almost full year, about 11 months. And even when the PS3 did launch, it was ridiculously expensive. The cheapest model of both consoles so the, the, uh, was uh, $200 more expensive to get a PS3 still. Um, yeah, so the PS3 launched at 600 US dollars, and that's something that we can never forget. Yeah, um, I don't know what. Oh man. I think they just got. That's completely... like a thousand of today's dollars too. They yeah. just got way too cocky there. I think just assumed that everyone would. I guess 
Mm-hmm. They thought, oh, well, it's super powerful, so everyone will, will come here. And also, like, obviously, the PS1 and PS2 were just, you know, eye-watering amount of, sort of profit that they just went, okay, we can get away with this. They couldn't, yeah. <laughs> as it happened. Um, I mean, obviously, in the end, it paid off for them, but in the early days, that must have been a PR nightmare. But right. The strategy had worked. They benefited further from Sony seemingly getting cocky again. Um, uh, if it sounds too good to be true, though, that's because it is. Sega paid the price previously for getting Dreamcast out too quickly, and Microsoft would do the same. Due to a manufacturing error, early Xboxes had an absurdly high failure rate, commonly known as the Red Ring of Death. Hey, yes. any, anyone experience this? Um, I've seen it before. Yeah, I, I didn't. We didn't. I don't it. think we got. We didn't it play the 360 ours. too much, though. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't play that one a bunch. We had one. Um, but. Ooh. Yeah, no, I I knew about it. I had many friends in in like middle and high school that like you know they knew, they knew the touch of the red ring of death. <laughs> oh yeah. When did you like, guys get a three sixty? We got it late. It was late. It in was the, probably in the three years after it came out or something. It was when Skyrim came out. Mom, you remember when you when you got us an Xbox three sixty? No. Okay. Your dad bought. No, you bought it. <laughs> Did you, um, did you get a PS3 then? Were you one of the few to? No, no, we didn't get a PS3. Did not have a PS3. No, I, we. I don't think sure. I ever saw a PS3 in real life. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I, my PS3 in 2015 or 2014. I got it really late. Oh, wow. The first time, the first time I saw a PS3 was when I was playing The Last of Us Part Two, and in the game, I found a PS3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah, the, the um, 360 was yeah. just like in the eyes of everyone, just the one to have i guess just it was the one it was it was the one unironically they had the one with this one not the xbox one um and i mean there's 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 many reasons for this uh, i guess to sidetrack quickly from the the whole red ring of death situation i can remember it just being a very consumer friendly one at least compared to the ps3 you could get so many deals of it there were so many bundles we got it a little bit later on where you could have xbox arcade or xbox elite so it was clearly marketing to both casual gamers and you know pro gamers i guess so like my stepbrother got an xbox elite and then me and my brother had to share a xbox arcade um and it was just affordable enough for like a family on a low income to get that as a christmas present uh, whereas the PS3 was just, I don't know what they were doing. I mean, obviously going in for Blu-ray, while would pay off in the end, didn't pay off at all at first because I don't know. I can remember everyone being very not bought in by the idea of Blu-ray at first and definitely wasn't yeah. going to spend $600 or however much it was here. I think it's like 500 pounds for a Blu-ray player that could play video games as well when you could just get the 360 and keep watching your DVDs and also play games. <laughs> you know, it just... And, and of course, it was just the, the exclusives as well. You had... For, for my family, it was the Fable series. We all fell in love with that on the original Xbox. So we that continued with the 360. Obviously, you got Halo again. Um, yeah, Halo 3 was the... Halo 3 and Halo Reach, I think, came out on this one. Yeah, so it was... Um, and, then, and then, of course... Sky- Skyrim. <laughs> um, so Skyrim, just for reference, did come out on the PS3, but it first of all came out later, and then secondly, also didn't work on the PS3. <laughs> yeah, don't um, play it on PS3, <laughs> please it don't. Did, it, it's, I think it still doesn't work. Um, doesn't and then Mass Effect was actually a uh, an exclusive for a few years. It, was. Uh, it eventually it came was. out on the PS3, but yeah, for the it was originally a 360 exclusive. 
So, um, I mean, you guys said that you got a 360 quite late, but like, what was your 360 experience like? Did you get Xbox Live and all that? Did you play all like, that? I, I think, no, I think we literally had two games and they were one of the Call of Duties and Skyrim. <laughs> um, yeah, I played I, Halo 3 at my friend's house mostly on the 360, but yeah, I think Halo 3 was my main 360 experience. I've never played Halo 3. I've like never even opened it. Yeah, so I, I again I didn't play Halo on this, but I I played so much 360. Just I played Fable two and three on repeat so much. Um, I can remember like I got this is like my first experience with like, digital games because I never like played on PC. So this is the first time I got into that. Um, I played some mm-hmm. indie games. I remember saying Super Meat Boy all the time and crying because it's hard. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I can't... <laughs> you guys, so everyone remembers Banjo Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. They very much. I know. Evolved. I know of it. Yeah. I don't think we engaged. Um, <laughs> very the... popular sequel. <laughs> so one thing that happened, like you mentioned, the Xbox Live Arcade was a huge deal, and it did something that, like, we we mentioned this whole thing in our Hades episode, but. Um, it did something that like would go on to like kind of set the stage for what they were going to do with game pass. I think later, meaning that like there was a, uh, so the game bastion by super giant games who would, you know, like I said, go on to make Hades eventually. This was their first game in uh, like 2008, I think. And that was the same time that Xbox 360 launched their Xbox live arcade thing. And they just basically a button appeared on everybody's 360 and it said like live arcade. And everyone's like, what's this? And, Basically, the, and the idea was that, like, um, it was, like, a collection of, like, smaller indie games that, like, either that had, like, free demos and that you could, like, could, that would cost less. So, um, upon open, so they had contacted Supergiant Games, actually, and they'd cut a deal with them and said, hey, we want to start this thing called, like, a feature, like, on our, with the, and launch that, like, with our live arcade and put a game there. So when someone clicks on that, like, they see something there and they can start playing it right away for free. And like, we want to do that with you. And then like, if they want to keep playing the game, they can, you know, buy it for cheap. So I think it was $10. Um, And they put Bastion up there as their first game on the live arcade. And it like exploded. That game sold like absolutely crazy and no one would have ever found it otherwise. Um, And then of course we wouldn't have stuff like Transistor and, and Hades or like, you know, giant award winning games. Um, so it was really interesting that like, I think that kind of set the stage for like their, their business plan going forward and how they were going to try to make things like make, they, they're, they're trying to make it so you can play whatever you want, whenever you want kind of a thing, you know, game pass. Yeah. That's a good point actually, how it ties into game pass. And again, like with game pass, it just ties into like how I think the 360 was just really mostly consumer friendly. Like the indies were affordable. You got to try them out before you played them. I can, you know. I, I got to play so many games on this console just because of things like that. Oh, we do, oh wait, I want to give a shout out to Geometry Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know what the best one was, though? Fucking Doritos Crash Course, whatever that was. That was like that free to play one. Doritos Crash Course? <laughs> do you not remember that? I swear, like, I do not I play Doritos Crash Course. All of my friends were obsessed one. with that. Maybe it was just like localized, that doesn't sound real. localized to my <laughs> primary school. But it was sure. just this stupid platforming game that was free on Xbox Live. Were you a Dorito or were you collecting Doritos? There was a surprising like lack of Doritos. It was just this normal platforming huh. like game that was sponsored by Doritos. And you, oh, wow. the, the appeal of it was that your avatar, your Xbox Live avatar, you, you played as them. So 
I just remember all my friends being obsessed with that. That that was a that yeah. was a fun time. Just, it was just it was basically just like Super Doritos Odyssey, and then there were like some <laughs> Doritos sometimes in the background. Just occasionally you got an advert in game. <laughs> oh, that that was a fun time. I I love the 360. I just yeah yeah it was it was a very cozy console. That's a very weird way to describe it, but it was. But of course, it the, the least the less cozy aspect of it was the Red Ring of Death, which. Uh-huh. Well, was a much bigger problem early on. Uh, so they put the failure rate of the console, so like the entire console getting bricked, um, at about 5%, which is considered acceptable uh. for some reason. Um, uh, that's a lot still, but yeah. That but that's is. also not true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's way all... more people than 5% yeah. who had it. Exactly. It's also just completely not true. Um, independent estimates have placed it uh, in the lower region of about 25%. And this is yeah, bear in mind, this, this, this right. is the basic to 50%. Uh, yeah, to 50%. So. Yeah. yeah, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, um, I so I had a later model. I had the Xbox Arcade one, um, and that actually did Red Ring about last Ugh. two years ago, I think. So it, it had a very oh, okay. good run. Okay, so it was like, yeah, it had oh, a good wow. run. Yeah, yeah it, had, it had a really good run, because we got it in about, I want to say 2008, and then it lasted to about just over... Yeah, you know, just over ten years. So yeah. I'm I'm happy with that. But it's nice. just it's crazy that you basically had a fifty fifty chance of your console getting bricked if you bought it at launch. <laughs> That's just insane. Yep. Uh, Joy Con Drift. Yeah, yeah, that was the original Joy Con Drift. It was, except it was the entire console. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine if your Switch started drifting. <laughs> do you like out like out of interest, do you think that because obviously Joy Con Drift has been a massive story throughout the whole of the Switch's life. Do you think the Red Ring controversy would have been worse, like with social media now? Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. It would have been completely unacceptable as it is now. Everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, that sucked," and just like moves on. Yeah, because I guess like people weren't really like talking as much. I mean, obviously you had like gaming forums and stuff, but now with Twitter, like anyone can be on that. It isn't just right. gamers yeah. talking amongst themselves. It would be like parents. It would be all sorts of people, and I just. I wonder how that would have impacted the sales of the Xbox <laughs> if it was released now and that was a problem. I think they would actually have to have fixed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably would have had to. You know, I mean, even even Nintendo had to start fixing the Joy-Con drift after like a year. <laughs> <laughs> Is it uh, fixed though? I thought it was still an issue. No, like they'll they'll fix it for free. You have to send oh, the Joy-Con yeah, yeah. back in. Yeah, but they still haven't fixed the manufacturing. No, of the they Joy-Con. haven't fixed <laughs> the manufacturing. They'll send them problem. out with the problem and then... Well, like, it's it's because it's in that it's within their like internal acceptable rate. They're like, okay, the cost, like eating the cost of this by just repairing them later is 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 like going to cost less in the long <laughs> run than changing whatever we're doing during manufacturing that's causing the problem. Lovely, <laughs> amazing. I Capitalism. Guess, before we say goodbye to the three hundred and sixty, we've got to talk about the <laughs> the one with the other. I guess. Oh my misstep. God, how did we get this far without? Oh, the it? connect. <laughs> oh no. Yep, we haven't talked about the Connect. Uh, did you two have one? <laughs> I had a race. We did not. We did not we did have not. a Connect. I blocked I, it out of my memory. I had a friend who had. So, did you like play the Connect oh, in front of friends ever? Yeah, I did. Um, I think uh, I've tried it at friends' houses, and the only game I remember is the one where you're standing there and like there are bugs on the screen and you're just hitting them with your hands. <laughs> I remember that one. Well, there's some dancing DDR or something too with the probably dancing for the fake Kinect. Just Dance. Probably. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it. Was it just... I think it might have just been just... Dance. It might have actually been just dance. Yeah. But... 
That was like the one they advertised it with, I think. Yeah, like I remember the commercials for it, but like I didn't know a lot of people with it and I only used it a few times. I don't know that it was as much of a smash hit as they wanted. Um, It was not. So um, I had a connect because for some reason, I'm not sure what the advertising machine was like in the US, but in Europe, it was huge. Probably because we had Lionhead Studios, the Fable creators, with um, Peter Molyneux, notorious teller of oh, truths, <laughs> who would go on TV and completely lie about the Kinect. Um, they were responsible for the tech demo. Uh, well, he was responsible for the tech demo. Do you remember? Oh, God, what was it? Project Natal or something? The one. I think so. So it was this tech demo where you had this lady playing the Kinect the uh, in inverted commas because she was not. And it was, it had this character on screen who she was talking to, like a fully functioning AI. And the character would respond to what she said and her movements and how she spoke. And it looked like something completely out of this world. I can remember that just being on the news constantly over here because that was being made over Ooh. here. And it was completely false. Like the, the, the woman playing was an actor. <laughs> the game that they were displaying oh, was no. not a game, it was completely scripted. Um, but that stuck in my little like I must have been nine at this point, nine or ten, like nine or ten year old's head. And I like me, my brother and my my stepbrother were like, we'll put all of our Christmas like we asked for money that Christmas and just put all of it together and then like with along with some birthday money, we managed to for like all buy a connect <laughs> thinking it was gonna be you know, we don't need controllers anymore. We just need our body, you know? Like, we completely thought... Yeah, we could just that. use our minds, man. <laughs> so... Um... Yeah, it was like the promise of VR in 2005 or whatever. <laughs> it was. Oh, God, it really was. And so we got it. And for one, it turned out our house wasn't big enough for it because you need a lot of distance between yourself and the camera. So we had to set it up in the kitchen, which was the biggest room. And we had... A, Incredible. We had, like, this old CRT like balancing above the sink <laughs> with the Xbox right next to it and then the connect on top and we were playing the dancing game Very and, like, good. we deluded ourselves into thinking it was good for a while but it wasn't um yeah it might not have been that's probably a good transition into the the Xbox one because oh, uh, as on, everyone just remembers one more quick fun story hmm? oh, sure, from sure. the connect uh this will interest you because it's sonic related have you ever seen sonic Ooh. free riders Oh yeah, you've talked about this, and I still have not seen it. Please watch someone play it. It's so fucking funny. It's you literally have to like pretend you're on the board and like bend awkwardly, yes. and then you also got the bike mini games where you have to like awkwardly squat for sometimes five minutes at a time and just hold that pose. It was wow. so uncomfortable. I don't. Know. I actually somehow completed that game as a kid. I had wow. much more like bad Wii Sports or something. It was like intense Wii Sports. <laughs> it was like, because you had to hold a squatting position for a whole race. Yes. Oh, man. I don't know how that worked. But yeah, the, the main downfall of the Connect, there was a lot of interest in it. And I, it actually sold fairly well. It just sort of faltered because it no one wanted to develop for it. They forced all of their right. first party developers to, to make games for it. They did not sell well, and then third parties did not want to get involved, so they ditched it. Like they had a Fable game for it, they had a Star Wars game for it, but no one was even interested in them. So 
But yeah, as you said, transitioning to the Xbox One, they did not learn their lesson and they <laughs> sold a Kinect along with every base Xbox One. Yes, it's built into it. What do um, we think about that decision? <laughs> so this this at this point I was in high school and I remember this marketing for the Xbox One very well. And I remember the news and the real news all the time had had a lot of exposés on this because I think you get into this later the Xbox One um connect couldn't be turned off and it was always online and so <laughs> oh yeah it was like watching basically you. yes yeah. so that was the narrative that surrounded the Xbox One this console is always watching you it is always listening and there is no way to stop it we didn't have that, and that over was here. on like oh wow that, it was on the news all the time like people were freaking out about it like it was just a complete PR nightmare for the Xbox One. Like nobody wanted one. Like it, it just completely. Um, and I think after a year is when they started producing them without the connects. I think. Yeah, and that was mainly a cost thing because it just cost so much to have the connect go alongside it. Um, I had no idea that it triggered all these conspiracy theories over that about how Microsoft are watching you. Um, yeah, so I think that, sorry, we got to hurry it up a little bit. Yeah, don't worry, um, we'll speed up. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Xbox One did bad. Um, <laughs> well, hang on, I, that's a little bit more to talk about that. So, um, uh-huh. controversy also erupted, aside from the always online thing. Actually, I just want to read out a quote from a Microsoft Studio employee at the time who commented on this issue uh, in a tweet. Sorry, I don't get the drama around having an always-on console. Every device is always mm. on. That's the world we live in. Hashtag deal with it. Um, Hashtag deal with it. Hashtag deal with it. Oh, no. So that didn't go down well. There was also the fact that they wanted to stop people from buying secondhand games, um, meaning that if you wanted to share a game with someone, you could choose from up to 10 people in a designated family account to trade games oh, no. with. Uh, you could also only sell them to participating retailers. They did scrap this before um, launch, but the PR was actually so terrible that I had no idea that they scrapped this until 2016 when I went to go buy a PS4 and the lady in game was trying to sell me an Xbox. And I was like, uh, but I like secondhand games. She was like, oh, they got rid of that thing. I was like, oh, neat. Um, but that just sort of I think proves how bad the PR is that I thought the always online thing and the no secondhand games thing was a thing and <laughs> not scrapped at launch. Um, in terms of goodwill in the gaming community, it was definitely a slow burn. Despite initial hic- initial hiccups, it later did receive play- praise for crossplay functionality with Switch and PC, as well as support for backwards compatibility. However, it just couldn't stop getting steamrolled by the PS4 due to again a better launch with better pr and also just a phenomenal amount of exclusive games just they <laughs> they really just didn't read the room they thought that they want they thought that yeah. people wanted an entertainment device but it turns out people just wanted video games <laughs> yeah that that's the problem and that's why nintendo has quietly sailed on by um <laughs> they're just making video games yeah, yeah like um Halo Halo underwent some problems here. Halo 4 and 5 are usually considered the two worst of the series, and by no means, I think, outright bad games, but they're generally considered the, the two least favorites um, that came out on this one. And because they were not made by Bungie, they were made by 343 Studios. Remember, Bungie um, decided to leave the Halo franchise behind um, because they didn't want to work for Microsoft anymore. Um, and then 
the uh the other thing gears of war did yeah underperformed forza underperformed like i mean there's only so much you can sell car racing you know to people for a console um and yeah it was it was weird uh so many of these projects got canceled though was the problem that, I think. that was a um, massive problem yeah i remember i was gonna get an xbox Fable, so, but then yeah. fable like the entire franchise went under so i was like that's my one reason for getting it gone so one other huge thing they had exclusive was from Platinum Games, the game Scalebound, the dragon uh, dragon game, which was supposed to be very cool. Um, that They were advertising that very heavily for a while, and then suddenly it disappeared. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, they, it was just kind of, it, it's weird because they, they really have just flopped the, the whole thing, and I, they actually start, I think they stopped reporting how many Xboxes they sold during that gen. They did. So. The last they, they the last official one was a year after launch. Um, the last unofficial yeah, one was in 2016, okay. which uh shows, and this is why they want to hide it, that they only shifted half the units of the PS4. So not great, <laughs> not yeah, a great right. generation at all. That's no, um, very of, believable. Yeah. Out of interest, a lot of people do swear by some of the exclusives on the Xbox. Were there any that you like? I didn't have an Xbox One, and I didn't know anybody who did. We had one in my college dorm because a roommate had one, but I think we 80% plus just played Rocket League on it, (laughs) so we didn't really do anything exclusive on it. I know some people say that Sunset Overdrive is really good, and that was the one game. Sunset Overdrive is really good, but it's also on PC. There you go. So I guess there just wasn't a lot of reason to go for it. But I think this failure has taught Xbox a real good lesson. The one is that they need to have good value for money. You can't just say like, oh, buy our console. Um, You always have to have a good internet connection and you can't use secondhand games. Uh, This time, they're still trying to get rid of the secondhand game market, but I think they're doing it in a much friendlier way with with Games Pass. Um, Because... I, I was... Oh, sorry. It's 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 sorry. It's it's Game Pass, and they actually launched an entire marketing campaign to make people stop saying Games Pass, which obviously didn't work. Yeah, well, I'm gonna keep saying Games Pass. <laughs> sorry, Microsoft. This is my podcast. Um, so I, I was like initially against, uh, like not against in terms of, like everyone should stop, but like personally against getting uh, digital games and like game subscriptions because I like having my physical copies. But I have to admit, like, Xbox has completely sold me on the idea of a subscription because Game Pass is just, it's I, such good value for money, I think. You're just so much I, I seriously just, there there are very few games that I ever want to come back to or replay, to be honest. And, like, yes, it's like, like a movie, like streaming a movie. I would much rather just have it and play it and, and it's gone. Like, I don't, I don't need to own it. Um, some stuff I do want to, but, like, for the most part, it's like, I like this idea of just being able to, pop open this and then like see like oh this there's this weird indie game let me try it out for 30 minutes and then i don't like it i uninstall it i there's no guilt yeah i've I've, i play games completely differently to be honest i i don't actually buy that many i just get the ones that i'm really looking forward to and that's it (laughs) and they're the ones that i know i am gonna go back to like dragon age and mass effect and like big rpgs i I know i'm gonna go back to them at time and time again but now that obviously i'm in games media this is just gonna be so helpful because I don't have to like yeah, dedicate yeah, just myself. Try everything out, and then yeah. the main thing also is, of course, that um, for the rest of time, ostensibly, um, Xbox. Well, they, they made this declaration like two years ago, and they've kept to it, which is that every Microsoft like first party game is going to be launching on Xbox uh, Game Pass day and date, and also will be launching on PC, uh, mobile, and 
uh, console simultaneously. And yeah, they've been doing that. And the only thing that does like I do worry about is obviously games preservation, as we saw when the Sony almost took down the PSN or whatever. I would be. Oh, sorry. I would be more worried about it if Xbox wasn't like actually leading the charge on game preservation. <laughs> like they're the only ones who seem to care about it. Yeah. yeah just... How many Nintendo Wii stores have we been through? Yeah, it's, it's like you know, just the whole idea of like the entire game market going digital does present problems for like when those services are taken down and games just aren't available anymore. But yeah. I think as long as you have places that do do like limited run, like limited run games, for example, will do like a limited run of uh, physical copies of indie games, so that there's always some in circulation. So I think as long as we have that, it's all good. As long as like all the big games as well get get a physical release. So if you really like, like if if I play a game on Steam that I really like, I tend to then pick up the phys- the physical copy. So like I know I've always got it, and also I just I just like having it on my shelf. <laughs> so right. I think as long as we we keep that going. Also, I think that the Xbox All Access thing is a really good idea. Uh, that's when you can pay a subscription. Which I think is like twenty five. I think it's like thirty pounds. It's twenty dollars. It's twenty dollars for the Series S, and I think thirty for the yeah. Series X. And I it's think, like yeah, and the price is pretty good here as well. For um, yeah, you you pay off the console over I think two year period, and in that time you also yep. get access to Game Pass and Xbox Live. That's just to me, like you know, a lot of people do budget monthly. And it's just so good mm-hmm. that they're being accommodating towards that. I mean, of course, it's, it's also just to get a whole fucking bunch of money. <laughs> but also, right. when you add it up, it's it's really not a bad deal. I think I think it's I think no. it's pretty good. And I'm probably gonna eventually cave in and do that with the Series X, just because it looks good. Yeah. And also, Fable's the back, thing... baby. Fable's back. Hey, so I'm getting 2029. Hey. Be there. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm obviously really excited, and of course, like. We probably should mention the acquisition of Bethesda. Um, that was a big one. <laughs> uh, that, that happened earlier this year, um, which is sort of, you know, they're, okay, they're, it's like, yeah, we're, we are going to have games, actually, <laughs> is kind of the thing. So, yeah, I mean, Starfield is going to be a huge one. I mean, hopefully this holiday, maybe not, but, you know, it, there, there are games coming. There Probably. are. Um, you know, Bethesda has made games in the past, so we should get games from them soon. <laughs> I would think so. Um, I'm um, looking forward to that. Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, they've learned their lesson. You need games on a games console that you're selling to gamers. Who knew? Yeah. Or, they, it, it's, or they'll game elsewhere. They'll game <laughs> elsewhere. Um, Just sort of to round so, off, how do you yeah. feel about the future of Xbox going forward? I mean, I think it feels good. You mean, I mean, you know, I'm a big Bethesda shell. I am, of course, Todd Howard in disguise. So I'm, you know, on that front, I'm very excited. And then um, I think their other stuff is pretty cool. Hellblade's a really cool game. Um, things like that are good. But I think I'm, being the first to make like a functioning Game Pass system is also bodes well, especially with people are going to be mobile gaming more and more as we move yes, forward. Yes, they are, for sure. So as long as those run well on, on the phones and other tablets and stuff that come out i think that bodes well for them too mm-hmm. yeah i think i mean they've just done so well to be the game subscription service you know i think if right. most people if they want to see what that's about will go with game pass they're not really gonna look at what's the playstation one ps now i i, I haven't yeah I, I don't know anyone who has it <laughs> so i don't Nobody think that's does. really taking off in the same way but you know sony's doing their own thing they're focused so 
are we have to really close it out on this though like are there enough ghosts in the xbox there were too many in the 360 I think. there are plenty of ghosts the ghost of every xbox that got the red ring of death <laughs> yeah that's true the, the xboxes themselves become the ghosts so we, we have got yeah. a lot all right um okay right, let's uh like i said we got to keep uh moving so we're going to jump into our final segment quickly here uh, we'll come back to dungeon busters we're heading back to the i think basement floor five of this dungeon Ooh. um so let's see here what are we characters are going to get so re um so this one says duelist I don't duelist. know, if, like Yu-Gi-Oh! Duelist? Yeah, okay, let's go with that. I was initially yeah, thinking like a pirate, but let's, let's go with Yu-Gi-Oh! Sure. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pirate. Um, do, do you, have you seen Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. Do you want to be a space dandy? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, great. Okay, so we're heading in. Um, first one, an endless horde of skeletons attacks the party from a hole in the floor. Okay. Do you have any Yu-Gi-Oh! cards that can combat this? Okay. Oh, what's the one? Hole of Darkness? Did you just fall back in the hole? Oh, I guess, yeah. There you go. Sword. Okay. Um, I guess that wasn't really much of a challenge. Let's <laughs> do the next one. I'm too OP. Okay, ambushed by nine blank ninja assassins. So that's going to be Mewtwo. You're ambushed by nine, nine Mewtwo ninja assassins. These are Mewtwo's that are ninjas. Nine of and them. assassins. Oh, God. This seems hard. It's been, <laughs> this seems yeah, like I don't really know if we have the necessary powers. It's to been deal with a this. while since I watched Yu-Gi-Oh, and all I remember is is Blue Eyes White Dragon. So let's go with that. Will that beat him? Um. Yeah. Um. Pot of Greed is one of them. <laughs> I don't remember this. Exodia. One. Exodia. I feel like I don't contribute to this <laughs> this battle. Do, um. What does space dance have? If we what what happens if we die? I didn't think about this. We lose. We're trapped in the podcast. Yikes. Um, it had to be Mewtwo. Why couldn't we be Mewtwo? Yeah, I don't know. It's the next card. Um, all right, well, I'm going to say that we have lost the boss fight here. <laughs> um, that was very quick. But um, speed there is... And we lost the run. Yeah, you know what? I know when I'm beat. Um, actually, no, I'm the DM. I won. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. Congrats. There we go. Okay, so um, we'll have to send a different party down to the next basement floor. Um, we'll try uh, again. For the next one. We'll try again. Um, so, yeah, anyway, let's, uh, we got we to gotta, uh, close out. So, yeah, thank you guys for joining us for this um, uh, easy breezy episode of Game Busters. Like I said, um, you can, you know, you can find us on uh, Game Busters Pod on Twitter. Um, and then I'm at Gondizi on Twitter and Re uh, is at Re underscore Bevan. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just check out all our cool things and our, our notes on the different companions from Mass Effect. <laughs> Good takes all around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can find us on, you know, youtube.com slash gameluster. And of course at gameluster.com, our uh, parent site. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know, does anyone have any cool things they're working on right now? Uh, I have got another Mass Effect hot take coming out on the game yeah, sure. this weekend. Uh, it's about how I get a little bit annoyed how towards the end of the trilogy, Bioware started playing favorites of the romances, how like some got like way more content than others. So yeah, if you want to read me yell into the void, um, go do that. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I am... Uh, filming another episode of our together bnb adventure uh through the worst dating sim on steam that is available um this weekend so please look out for that it is the um the worst game but we're having a good time please go check it out it's (laughs) um 
And also through the Game Luster uh, Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash Game Luster, I've been streaming Persona 3 uh, with actually a pretty good audience. So people are pretty excited. Um, so yeah, come come check us out there. Uh, Nicole, are you working on anything creatively? Um, no, I started Three Houses as well. I forgot to mention Fire Emblem. So I guess that be working on my relationships in there. That's my creative outlet. Yes. I respect that. Very good. Okay. All right. I think that's good. So, um, uh, I guess I don't. I don't think anybody won since we all died to the nine Mewtwo ninjas. Um, they won. They won. Well, we had, I'm gonna let we the Mewtwo. Fun, so I'm gonna let the Mewtwo ninjas sort of get the last word to take us out because they did win. We'll um, and uh, I guess that will just be the quote from Mewtwo from Pokemon the first movie. <laughs> um, hold on, let me find it. The the. Um... Yeah. Was this is a real thing that he said in the movie? I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. That was very deep. Thank you, Mewtwo. Thanks.